and we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast coming to you live once again. It's season four, episode two, and all of this is brought to you by our friends over at Silverback Sports at Shop Silverback and ShopSilverback.com. Make sure you're checking them out for all of your team needs, for all of your arm care and training essentials, whether it be team, individual, anything like that. Check our friends out at Shop Silverback and ShopSilverback.com. Give them a follow as well as they are big supporters as the title sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast. They are her friends. They are an NAI-made company run by NAI coaches and NAI players. So always, always, always support our friends over at Silverback Sports. It is episode two of season four. I'm your host as always, Robbie Gutierrez. With you here at Rob G1063, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And joining me, as always, is the man himself, the foremost authority on NAI baseball, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, baby, what's going on? How's it going today? Robbie, I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, thanks for having me, as always. I'm doing well. Looking forward to it. I get to see my first NAI game of the season in person on Friday. So it's just going to be a really great week. Lucky for you, man. I'm I'm jealous. You know the the nearest NAI programs to me down here in South Texas are uh, that's that's a three hour plus drive. But but you know I've I've made that trip multiple times to see Our Lady of Lake and USAO as well as a couple other teams around the nation uh, multiple times and and hoping even with everything going on in the world to do that more this year. But man, we have a jam packed show, a lot of baseball. Baseball finally back. We had. A lot of games this weekend. We're going to have a lot of games next weekend. But as we get here into week, what is essentially week two, pretty much, of, of the schedule, you know, we had basically what was week zero with a few games here and there. Week one, teams starting to get back into the flow of things. But now week two, teams starting to play more and more. Baseball finally back in the NAI. A lot of games to be watching around the nation. We're going to get into all of that. We will have our shout outs and mentions back once again here in episode two. We've got a best of the week. Let's take a look at some of the best from this past weekend in week one. Our NAI Ball Podcast hitter and pitcher of the week. Games and series to watch from around the nation for this weekend. What you need to be keeping your eye on. And then we've got two Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week with our Shop Silverback Big One, which is going to be definitely, definitely, definitely a great series to watch. Cody will be there himself to get action of that series but first Cody man I'm just happy that we're back I'm just happy that the season's underway again we're playing baseball uh it, I, I definitely think it's great that you know we're we've got teams back out on the field I know some teams are, are having uh there were some cancellations here and there but for a large part teams around the nation played baseball this weekend yeah man and it was great to see uh, I think every day last weekend I got to watch baseball Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday uh, there was a game on every single day. So I keep looking forward to that the rest of the year. Absolutely. I, I just had Weber and Warner on the television as well via the NAI app uh, on the Roku device, getting ready to watch that uh, as that game's going on right now, actually. So plenty to go over, plenty to look at. And we start, as we always do, with shout outs and mentions. And Cody, this is kind of a big one to start things off. And it came out after we had recorded the podcast. But the man himself, literally the GOAT, the legendary coach, Woody Hunt, 
has announced his retirement at the end of the 2021 season. The head coach over at Cumberland, three-time national champion in 2000, 2004, and 2014, 12 NAI World Series appearances, 20 conference championships, 69 NAI All-Americans, 24 40-plus win seasons, and he's been the 17-time coach of the year. What an absolute historic run for head coach Woody Hunt. And I think you and I have have both had interactions with him. You know, I, I met Woody Hunt at the American Baseball Coaches Convention in Dallas. And, I mean, he was the best-dressed guy there. He He was absolutely incredible to talk to. He was a guy that, you know, just you could feel when he walked into the room was a guy who you felt like he had seen things and he's, and he's seen a lot, Cody, you know, in the sense of, of that he has seen the evolution of NAI baseball over decades. You know, it's, it's not one period that he's been a part of. He has seen the evolution of NAI baseball over decades. So you definitely have to feel like this is a big loss for the NAI, but at the same time, you have to be happy for coach hunt that he gets to retire and, you know, I know he said he'll still be a part of the program, but you know, he he's gonna kind of just transition into regular life, which is something that for so long he has not been able to do or has not had the chance to do. Uh Coach Hunt means a lot to me. I think we're super biased on this one. Back in 2017, when I started in the eyeball, I've mentioned it before. Uh, his son Scott Hunt messaged me and was like, Hey, uh, Coach Hunt, my dad wants to call you. I was like, Is it okay if I give him your number? And I was like, yeah, sure. I was kind of nervous. I honestly had no idea why. This was in 2017. Uh, not really many people were even following our account back then. So I was obviously nervous, man. And uh, he got, <laughs> he ended up, he gave me, he gave me a call and he just wanted to thank me for shining a positive light on NEIA baseball. He wasn't too fond of the NEIA problems account. That was the big account in NEIA baseball back in the day. And uh, a lot of people were just making fun of it. And, you know, this is something he took very seriously. He's been an NEIA coach a very long time. And uh, he just really appreciated the way we were shining a positive light on it. And it, you know, I was awestruck. It really meant a lot to me. Like I told everyone I knew back then, I, I was just super excited and uh, I wish him nothing but the best. I think he's an incredible human. I think he's a great coach. I think he's earned his dues and yeah, we just wish him nothing but the best. I've gotten close with his son, Scott, over the years. And, you know, they got a whole family full of coaches, Scott, Ryan, like they're just a great family. And uh, I'm really proud of his accomplishments. You know, I don't think he knows me that well, but I'm proud of him and I wish him the best for the rest of his life. And you know, I hope they have a great season. I really do. You know what? And, and that's kind of the trend is because at, at one point I, you know, Coach Hunt called me as well when I was first getting underway with this thing with you and just kind of uh, it's it's basically like a blessing that he gives you. And it meant a lot to me, too. So, you know, Coach Hunt, we're, we're thrilled for you in the fact of you've had this illustrious career, just just absolutely incredible, just absolutely incredible career that's just been storied and historic and you've done so many great things. And, you know, uh, we're going to be on the ABCA podcast together uh, talking about the NAI coach hunt and myself. It meant so much to me, you know, that he's had this career. He took time to call me, but then I think about the guys that played for him and the lives that he's changed overall. And I think that for him is the biggest satisfaction of, the fact of that he has changed so many lives. He's helped so many people become better men. He's helped develop so many players into not just on the ball field, but into who they are as fathers, as teachers, as 
as leaders of men, and and he's done a fantastic job in that. And so, with 100% confidence, can say that he is one of the best coaches, you know, around in the nation for this. And and so, I'm definitely excited for him to, you know, take this uh, last year and and enjoy it. And I think they're going to have a pretty good season out there. And I think uh, it's just going to be a lot of success for him you know, on the field and off the field as he continues on with uh, what happens in life and retirement. So we're definitely excited for him. Congratulations to Coach Hunt on all of his success. Moving on here, University of Houston, Victoria, head baseball coach and former Houston Astros legend Terry Poole wins his 300th game in a victory over Loyola on Saturday. A big one here also, Cody, Texas Wesleyan first baseman Matt Espinosa and Oklahoma City University outfielder Caleb Davis will both be on the field this weekend after lengthy battles with cancer. Welcome back, guys. We're excited to have you back with us on the ball field. Six NAI baseball teams scored 20-plus runs on Saturday, five of which play in the great state of Texas. Texas Wesleyan University did that. Wayland Baptist, Mid-American Nazarene as they played each other. Texas A&M, Texarkana. Southwest Assemblies of God in Waxahachie and then Warner University out of Florida in the Sun Conference. A shout-out to number 22, Middle Georgia State, who trailed 5-0 in the seventh and final inning before rallying and putting up a seven spot. They ended up sweeping the doubleheader over Thomas. The Masters erased a four-run deficit in the bottom of the ninth and won in 10 innings over Bethesda. Ben Mesa ace Aaron Vernon had seven no-hit innings in their win over Taylor. Mid-American Nazarene courtesy runner Will Morris scored five times in a single game without recording an at-bat. Oklahoma Wesleyan first baseman Danny Pettis drove in 11 runs in the three-game sweep over champion Christian. And finally, Marion catcher Dion Wintgis hit three home runs in a doubleheader sweep over Carolina University, which is the artist formerly known as Piedmont International. Cody, man, a lot of shout-outs and mentions this week. What kind of stands out to you? My man, there's a few, honestly. Mid-American Nazarene courtesy runner Will Morris. Now, he plays a lot, so he's not just a courtesy runner. But think about it. If you look at their catcher situation with Joshua and Sandoval, one of the best hitters in the country. I mean, man, being a courtesy runner for that guy, you might set some runs records. I think that's just super impressive. He scored five times without taking the bat. I love the courtesy runner rule. Uh, we're never going to change it. Stop asking. <laughs> um, uh, my next biggest one would be Aaron Vernon uh, to come out there, play a hot Taylor team. Taylor's looking really good out in Arizona. And then he no hits them through seven innings. I mean, that guy's a true ace for Ben U. Uh, they want to make the opening round tournament and he's going to have to lead them there. And uh, yeah, he was super impressive, man. You can't pitch any better than that. You know what? I, I definitely love the, the courtesy runner rule for myself as, as a player and coach, you know, uh, it gave a kid a, an entire career and not myself. I mean, you asked Robert Garza and Jeremy Kennedy and Teddy now, I, I'm terribly slow. But Tyler Hitt, who played for us you know, back in the uh, early 2010s at both Northwood, Texas and Kaiser University, was absolutely phenomenal. And he was a big-time part of those teams and helping those teams get to where they were in being part of three conference titles in the Sun Conference, uh, a 2017 World Series appearance, you know, Tyler Hitt got to do all of that because he was a courtesy runner. I mean, I'll never forget one of my favorite calls ever uh, against Auburn Montgomery. You know, him scoring with two outs in the final inning to tie the game from third base on a pass ball that maybe got five feet away from the catcher. You know, th- these courtesy runners 
can be big time momentum swings and game changers. I love the rule personally. I love the re-entry rule. I, I love the brand of baseball that we play at this level and, and the strategy that you can implement because you can you can do all of that that you can't normally do. And I think it's big for this year when teams might not have these full rosters as they normally do. So uh, I think it's going to be really, really good. I think it's going to be something that's that's absolutely special. And also, just once more, a huge shout-out to Texas Wesleyan first baseman Matt Espinosa and Oklahoma City outfielder Caleb Davis. Uh, they, they both battled back, both Sooner Athletic Conference guys, both of them battling lengthy battles with cancer, winning those battles, getting back out on the floor, and we are absolutely thrilled and happy to have them back here, Cody. So I definitely think that is absolutely fantastic, absolutely huge to have them back playing ball in the Sooner Athletic and back for their respective schools. Heading off now to our week in review, the best of the week. What happened this past weekend? A couple of hot starts for some teams around the nation. Kaiser University in the Sun Conference out of West Palm Beach, Florida. They opened the season 8-0 and they extend that with a win today over Ave Maria, Southwest Assemblies of God, opens the season 7-0. They were playing today as well to try and get to 8-0. Friends is 5-1 with two series wins over Peru State and Texas A&M, Texarkana. So Friends off to a hot start as well. Cody, some hot starts around the NAI so far this season. Yeah, absolutely, especially good for Kaiser. I mean, winning the games you're supposed to, it's all you got to do. Uh, and it looks like they're going to potentially be 11 and 0 when they go play St. Thomas next weekend, which will, you know, spoiler, will probably be our big series of the week. I mean, that's an incredible series. And you're looking at a red hot team that's playing for a chance to crack into that top 10. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think that's got a big series of the week written all over it. Uh, when I worked at Kaiser, it was, it was a game that I would always talk about being uh, the best rivalry in, in South Florida, because that's two highly competitive baseball teams in the South Florida area, playing each other, making good things happen. Uh, and two baseball teams that, you know, just do some incredible things out there in South Florida that just, it's so competitive in a state and in a conference that that's really competitive. Cody, you know, my thoughts, I'm, I'm not going to go all SEC, SEC here on, on the Sun Conference, but I, you know, that's, I think the best, best conference in, in the NAI right now for, for baseball. So let, we go on here to walk-off home runs around the NAI. The Masters catcher Byron Smith hits a walk-off home run to defeat Bethesda in extra innings. Milligan left fielder Anthony Guzman hit a walk-off tank to defeat USCB in the season opener. Southeastern outfielder Pedro Castellano hit a two-out, three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth to defeat Columbia International. And then finally, Wayland Baptist shortstop Gregory Ozuna hit a three-run walk-off home run to defeat Mid-American Nazarene. And Cody, while we got those walk-offs that were definitely highlights for this past weekend, that brings me to Wayland Baptist and Mid-America Nazarene, who split the series 2-2. But here's the crazy part. Just on Saturday, they combined for 85 runs on 98 hits in Saturday's doubleheader. Wayland Baptist had 16 home runs in four games. Osuna starts the year off hitting 563 with three home runs and 10 RBIs. Marco Rivera starts the year off hitting 465 with three home runs and nine RBIs. And then Luis Vargas starts the year off hitting 500 on the nose with two doubles 
and four home runs. For Mid-America Nazarene, we can't leave them out because they had some major offensive performances as well. Adam Rillahan had a 556 average with 10 runs, two home runs, nine RBIs. Our guy, Josh Sandoval, had a 474 average, four doubles, a home run, and eight RBIs. And then John Vargas had seven innings pitch, four earned runs, and 10 strikeouts in the win. Cody, crazy series going on there. I mean, 85 runs on 98 hits, man, on Saturday is insane. Yeah, like my favorite stat of this year, and it's probably going to last like a couple of months, is Mid-American Nazarene scored 23 in a game and lost. Just on Saturday alone, Mid-American Nazarene, just to give you the scores, uh, 28 to 10, they won the opener of that day, and they lost the nightcap 24 to 23. Wayland won both games on walk-offs. I mean, because really it was like last team hitting is going to win. There, there was a point early in the afternoon where we tweeted out that they had scored 60 runs, and I was like, wow, I was just blown away. And then for them to get all the way up to 85, dude, they added 25 more runs. I mean, it was just incredible. And uh, I I guess we'll let you talk about it too. And all the people that keep tweeting, oh, why can't you pitch? And like, oh, I mean, it's like the wind plays a role, fellas. I mean, it's just like Barrelsville. We'll never forget Barrelsville, the opening round out there in Bartlesville. And it's just where literally a pop-up is a home run. Like there's literally nothing you can do. Well, there is something you can do. You can strike people out. That's the only way to stop this from happening. Yeah, we we you know we did see quite a few uh, tweets that said oh poor ERAs, which which is true, poor ERAs. But you know, uh, talking about oh well, you know, you just grooving fastballs and throwing meatballs up there. Uh, you know, Wayland Baptist is is in Plainview, Texas. That's that's in West Texas. It it sits you know out there in West Texas. And the one thing I can tell you about West Texas. Uh, New Mexico, anything like that. Anytime I've gone out there, the wind blows and it blows hard. Uh, and Wayland Baptist doesn't play at a, you know, at, at exactly at a Cracker Jack box. I mean, 325 down the lines, 395 to center. That, that's a lot bigger than, than some of these NAI ballparks out here around the nation. So it's just sometimes that the ball jumps off the bat and the, the, the conditions will take it. But at the same time, you look at these teams. Cody, you know, we know Josh Sandoval, he can hit. We know, you know, uh, Gregory Osuna and Luis Vargas can hit. So these teams have some guys that can swing it. They have, uh, they took advantage of, of the situation that they were in, and, and they absolutely got the job done. So, I mean, Wayland Baptist, we know over the last couple of years here, especially over the last two, has done an incredible job of offense. And uh, Mid-American Nazarene has, has done too, you know, but, but that is a ballpark where I've, I've, played as a player you know I've seen Ike Matrino hit a home run that that goes over the fence you know they've got a like a three-foot fence in left field that just barely gets over that was just it looked like it hung up there forever but it got over you know as a grand slam that to put us in the lead so as much as it could help you know Waylon it it can help the visiting team just as well because I've seen it I've I've, I've had it happen to me it's been it's been great but uh it's definitely a, a fun place to play it's a turf ballpark they, i mean just a really good facility out there in plainview texas covered seating uh stadium seating uh, a way a home and away press box it's it's like ggc up there you know where you have multiple press boxes and uh so many advantages to to play in there in amenities so it's it's really a nice place to play it was a, a really good ballpark to play uh there with the turf infield and the covered seating it was cool to see it's it's a lot different than a lot of these ballparks that you'll get to play at in the NAI. So 
just absolutely insane. 85 runs on 98 hits is something that we probably, and, and for myself as somebody who enjoys pitching, does not want to see anymore in the NAI, Cody. Uh, couldn't disagree so. more. Could not disagree more about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love the runs. But like, just one more point about the, the Saturday doubleheader where they scored 85 runs. They did play on Friday, fellas, and they, it was a 7-6 game, which is kind of high scoring, not really, but and then a 5-4. So they played 7-6, 5-4. So it's obviously not the pitching. I really don't believe it's the pitching. Like you said, I believe it's Luis Vargas who's going to hit home runs anywhere. Gregory Ozuna, who is probably – I mean, he could be an All-American. That kid is super talented. Can't talk enough about him. He's been a really good player for them for a while. And then, like you said, Joshua and Sandoval. I mean, Mid-American Nazarene, they're ranked. They got hitters. So I really think that uh, the win just played a huge role that day. No, I, I you know, I totally agree in, in that. I think what, what it comes down to is – you take what you can get, you know, with your environment. And then at the same time, when you have some monsters who can swing the bat like that, it's just crazy. You know, you're, you're going to have hits like that. And then you're going to have the people who, who don't enjoy it on social media because Twitter is free and, and anybody can use it. So moving on here to Columbia International and Southeastern University. It was a sweep for Southeastern. But Cody, man, this one was a lot tighter than you or I predicted uh, talking to each other about this series going into it, CIU led in all three games, and they led early on in all three games. They actually jumped out to a quick lead in all three games. Southeastern University trailed 5-3 in the bottom of the ninth of game two. They trailed 15-11 to in the bottom of the eighth in game three. Both times, Pedro Castellano played hero for the fire with a massive three-run home runs. Game-winning two-out three-run walk-off home run in game two. Then literally later that night, he follows it up with a three-run game-tying home run in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, the highlights for Southeastern University, Sam Faith hit 556 with two doubles, a home run in eight RBIs. Carter Bridge hit 545 with two home runs and seven RBIs. For Columbia International, Joshua Hernandez had two doubles, three home runs, and 11 RBIs. And then Gabe Austin had a 500 average with two doubles and a home run. Cody, it, it was just kind of surprising to see uh, the number one team in the nation really tested that way in week one. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think I think there's a couple of different things that will go into it. Uh, game one, Southeastern, they got down early. I mean, honestly, CIU was the away team, so they got the first chance to hit. They went up top, but they controlled the Friday. They controlled the first game. Southeastern did. They won pretty handily. Actually, they won in – I don't even think it went a full nine innings. They won by Mercy 16 to six. But man, the Saturday, CIU gave them everything they could handle. And uh, after speaking with a couple of coaches this afternoon, I just think that you look at Hernandez, you know, he wasn't on our radar, but he needs to be on everyone's radar now. Uh, one of the best players in the country. I mean, I was told he can just flat out hit and he could hit anybody. I mean, he was hitting Al Pesto. If you can hit Al Pesto, you can hit anybody. I just think that they're super talented. And you look at their order with Gabe Austin. You know me. I know Gabe Austin. Uh, he was a Gwinnett. He was actually an all-world series catcher. Uh, he made the all-world series team in 2018. Uh, as a transfer from GGZ. That dude can flat out rake. Uh, so I think their lineup is going to be super potent. I think this tells me a little bit more about Columbia International. Because uh, when you look at game three for Southeastern, they walked 11 people. They had four errors. I mean, that really explains the 15 runs right there. Uh, you can't walk 11 people and you can't have four errors. And I think they know that. They're a really good team. They're not going to do – and you take that away, they win going away. Because their offense, even when Southeastern got down, I think you just could kind of tell their offense is a juggernaut and they're going to score runs. And with them being the home team, you really got to get a really big lead to pull that off, especially in Lakeland. I came away impressed with CIU. I really did. 
I, like I said, the takeaway for me was more about CIU than it was about Southeastern. I still believe Southeastern is one of the best teams in the country. And, uh, yeah, I'm really impressed with CIU. I think they're a heart of the order. could be really good. And I'm just kind of looking forward to see what they do this week. You, you mentioned Al Pesto there. That's a guy that, that you're going to have to watch throughout the season. That's a guy that, that draft-wise, uh, professionally, is, is going to be a big name because he's a guy that's going to bring the ball with high velo in the mid to upper 90s uh, that's, that's pitched at a, a high level and is coming off of an injury. So, you know, he's getting back out there and, and playing some baseball. And so, you know, Columbia International definitely jumped up and had the opportunities to bite Southeastern and I think really did a number on Southeastern and drew a lot of respect from around the nation for the way that they played because, uh, you know, I picked SEU to win the national title, you know, last week. So just kind of, I mean, it really surprised us and I think that, uh, it really turned some heads around the nation. And if you're in the AAC with Columbia International, I mean, you're, you're definitely going to have to keep an eye on them as a second-year program. So definitely, definitely, definitely impressed by what Columbia International did in their season getting underway. Cody, last but not least from last weekend was the Coach Calderon Invitational in Arizona. Number 19, Ben U. Mesa went 2-0. Taylor, who's receiving votes in the poll, Went three and one. San Diego Christian two and one. Arizona Christian three and two. St. Catherine one and zero. Oh. College of Idaho one and two. Midland out of Nebraska went two and three. Ottawa Arizona one and two. And then Panhandle Oklahoma Panhandle State went zero oh and four. Uh, Cody, this was kind of a tough one because weather played a big factor, and that's something we had talked about last week that weather was going to play a big factor in in this tournament. And they did not get all the games in. They shifted around the schedule a ton. Uh, St. Catherine only got to play one game, uh, beat Panhandle State 6-4. to four. There were some uh, really good games, some really close games. Uh, you look at that very first game of the tournament, College of Idaho and, and Midland played to a 13-12 final. I mean, Taylor uh, beat an Arizona Christian team in a very close game. So just a lot of games in this tournament that that we didn't get to see that we were hoping to see and teams not getting to play as many games as they maybe thought they would just because of, of the weather being a, being a problem. Yeah. It's super unfortunate. Like I don't, I guess I don't know the weather that well out in Arizona, but I would like to think it probably doesn't rain that much. So it's just super unfortunate. It happened on this week. Um, there's some standout players, you know, Brent Smith, he was a player to watch this year for Arizona Christian. Uh, he hit 476. I mean, he's out there starting the year 10 for 21. That's pretty incredible. I mean, you're in that bat away from 500 right there. So Ramon Miranda, a really impressive week, honestly. 450, two doubles, and three home runs. Uh, the Arizona Christian offense has always been pretty good. They had a 20-run outing against Oklahoma Panhandle State. Uh, just really good offense there. We mentioned with Ben Mesa, uh, they only played two games. That's what's disappointing to me. I wish I could have got to see them play a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, Aaron Vernon was as good as you can be. Taylor's a really good team, and he dominated them. I mean, didn't give up a hit across seven innings. Literally lights out. Austin Kennedy, he picked up two saves in two days, back-to-back nights out there getting saves. So, like I said, impressive being you, but it was a small sample size. Uh, really good outing by Taylor to go out there and get two wins over Arizona Christian. But like I said, I hold Arizona Christian in high regard. I think they're a really quality team. They compete in the GSAC very well. So that's two great wins for Taylor right there. And uh, Joe Moran, he's a pitcher that's to watch for me. I'm actually excited to see him pitch in a couple of weeks because uh, he has another five shutout innings this week. Uh, 10 scoreless innings so far with 19 strikeouts. He's been really good, man. That's 2-0. and uh, I'm not sure if he's their dude or not, but he's sure looking like it right now. 
So I'm just really impressed with, I guess, those three, Arizona Christian, Ben Mesa, Taylor. St. Catherine, we were looking forward to talking about them. Like, they were yeah. a hot school offensively. But like I said, we just didn't get to see them play. So, like, I guess this is a big series for St. Catherine this upcoming weekend, and we're definitely looking forward to that. I believe they play Westwan. Is that correct? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what Daxstat says. Uh, at this point, I'm afraid to look at Daxstats because we never know what's going to happen. Uh, and and there's so many teams not even on Daxstats yet. But 100% with you on that. I wanted to see St. Catherine because that was a team we were really, really, really impressed with last season. That was a team that we, you know, thought there might be some really good things from uh, this year. It, it was really unfortunate that they only got the one game in. For Oklahoma Panhandle State, I know they went 0-4, but you have to look at Jose Santiago and think of that bright spot for them. He had a 500 average, nine hits, five RBIs. He leads his team in slugging percentage by a mile and a half, a huge OBP for him as well. He did not strike out once in 18 at-bats, put the ball in play every single at-bat. So uh, he did not swing and miss, put the ball in play. And, and for Panhandle State, who plays in another really good conference in the Sooner Athletic, I mean, you have to imagine that that's going to be a really, really uh, bright, good bright spot for them after a, a tough weekend. So there's a lot to look forward to from so many of these teams. I'm really looking forward to watching more of St. Catherine, Arizona Christian, Venue Mesa, Taylor, I think has a big opportunity here, not just this weekend against Bethel, but kind of a warm-up for them as they get ready to head into a huge weekend that we will talk about next week in what I think is so far in the season going to be the premier weekend of the NAI ball season so far this year, which will be next weekend. So I'm definitely excited about that. The Coach Calderon Invitational happening once again. Congratulations to all the teams who involved in getting out there and playing and starting your season. So we we are absolutely thrilled for that one. Cody, moving on to our NAI Ball Hitter and Pitcher of the Week, brought to you by Silverback Sports, our friends over at Shop Silverback on social media and shopsilverback.com. We've talked about this hitter already, Columbia International catcher Joshua Hernandez with a 545 average, two doubles, three home runs, and 11 RBIs versus number one Southeastern. That is a big one. So congratulations to Joshua Hernandez, who had a 545 average, with two doubles, three home runs, and 11 RBIs in opening weekend for Columbia International. He's our NAI Ball Hitter of the Week. Our NAI Ball Pitcher of the Week is going to be Southwest Assemblies of God University pitcher Ben Bills, who had 11 strikeouts in a perfect game versus Randall University. Anytime you throw a perfect game, a no-hitter, there's a huge chance you end up here as this Pitcher of the Week. So congratulations, to Ben Bills, Cody, Joshua Hernandez from Columbia International, and Southwest Assemblies of God pitcher Ben Bills are our Silverback Sports NAI Ball Podcast hitter and pitcher of the week. To do that on the road at number one Southeastern against their arms, I mean, those are some of the best arms in the country. Really an incredible outing. I think he's a player to watch. Uh, we spoke with a, an assistant at Southeastern that um, said he was just an incredible hitter, one of the best hitters he's seen this year. I think he's going to be lights out the rest of the year. Congratulations to him. And for Ben Bills, I mean, what a stud, man. This guy come out there through a perfect game. He also, fun fact, leads the nation in runs scored, leads the nation in hits, uh, leads the nation in RBIs. He has 12 RBIs. He has 12 hits. He has 12 runs, four doubles, two triples. And for him to throw a perfect game, did it on 73 pitches, struck out 11 people on 73 pitches. Uh, hats off to him, man. He's a special two-way player for them. Yeah, definitely some great performances 
here around the nation to talk about, I mean, and, and just absolutely congratulations once again to Joshua Hernandez and Ben Bills, uh, our hitter and pitcher respectively of the week, who are our Silverback Sports hitter and pitcher of the week. Cody, getting ready to talk games and series to watch this weekend. What you need to keep an eye on, what's happening around the nation, and who you need to be watching. And first and foremost, we will start this off here. Our Lady of the Lake will take on Central Methodist in San Antonio, Texas. Oakland City, the new NAI program, getting ready to take on Goshen out of Indiana. Oklahoma City University will take on ranked Mid-America Nazarene. Bethel will play Taylor. Reinhardt will play Cumberland, Tennessee. Southeastern University will play Mobile and Point. Oklahoma Wesleyan will take on Lyon. Vanguard versus Corbin. William Carey versus Clark. College of Idaho takes on Oregon Tech. Loyola versus Texas A&M Texarkana. IU Southeast versus Pikeville. Troop McConnell versus Olivet Nazarene. St. Catherine versus Westmont. And then the rare non-NAI team making an appearance on this list. Columbus State, a D2, will take on Middle Georgia State. Plenty of games to watch this weekend, Cody, but it's not, you know, these aren't our big series of the week. We've got two series to go over, but which of these kind of draws your attention the most? I'd probably go line at Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, because I think there's a chance we look back in May that these are potentially conference champions. Uh, I think that this could be a really good matchup with Freed Hardeman out of the American Midwest now. Uh, I'd like to think that Lion's probably the favorite in that conference just on paper. So I, I think this is an interesting matchup. Oklahoma Wesleyan obviously put up a ton of runs uh, playing an inferior opponent in Champion Christian. So this is going to be a step up for them. This will be the best arms, obviously, they've seen so far this year. Lions opening their season. So these are a team, you know, they played last year, so they're familiar. Uh, I believe the coach came from the other school. Uh, I think that's a really good matchup to look forward to. And then if I had to pick one more on the list that I'm just absolutely, like, interested to see, it's St. Catherine Westmont. I just kind of want to see where both teams are. Uh, St. Catherine's only played one game. Westmont hasn't played. They're not in the same conference, so it'll be nice for the Cal Pack. We can do like some ABC math later down the road. But, yeah, I think this is a good one. 100% agree with you. Uh, St. Catherine at Westmont probably draws the attention for me the most. Oklahoma City and Mid-American Nazarene. I'm interested to see Gunnar Halter cross-factor in their first action of the season. I think Bethel Taylor is going to be an interesting one to watch as well. Uh, Our Lady Lake Central Methodist. Central Methodist coming down to San Antonio, Texas. Our Lady Lake did not get to play USAO in their opening weekend. Central Methodist, I think, did not enjoy their previous trip to San Antonio, Texas last season. So I think that uh, it's definitely going to be a good series to watch. I definitely think that there's some some good ones to watch around the nation. So these are just some of the games and series going on this weekend that you need to be keeping an eye on. It's time now for our big series of the week. And Cody, first and foremost, what we'll go through here is our first big series of the week, which is LSU Shreveport, Freed Hardeman, and Tabor. Taking a look at 2020, LSU Shreveport had a record of 22-4. and They were 7-1 and in the Red River Athletic Conference before COVID shut down the season. They were hitting 342, a monstrous 342 as a team, and pitching a 470 ERA. Freed Hardeman on that season was 17 and 5 going into that you know that covid shortened season for them they were 9 and 2 at the time as an american midwest conference team they were hitting 276 as a team but pitching 254 as an entire staff era a big pitching display from freed hardeman last season and then tabor was 16 and 7 for mark stanford's club they were hitting 273 
and pitching 409. This is going to be a good look as it really we're going to get to see LSU Shreveport, Tabor, Freed Hardeman for the first time this year. And that's three teams really starting it out against some good competition to open up the season. I'm really interested to see what happens in this one. Absolutely. You have two for sure top 10 teams in the country and a Freed Hardeman and LSU Shreveport. And then you have a Tabor team that could quite possibly win the KCAC. Uh, you know, they're a team that's been no shot. They're not a stranger to Lewiston themselves. So I think that this is going to be really interesting. I really like the trio, honestly. I think it's like when we were going through our list, I was like, absolutely, sign me up for this. I was kind of pumped about it. When you look at Shreveport, man, some of the players they return, Peyton Robertson, Austin Nicholas, Taylor Fajardo, and you match them up against the rotation that Freed Hardeman's going to be throwing at you with Steele, Sawyers, and Creasy and those guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I think that this is a big-time matchup. Ain't like We don't get top 10 on top 10 a lot. You know what I mean? This is mm-hmm. – especially with our non-conference, it's just really cool to see. So I'm really looking forward to this. And for Tabor, man, you come out here and you get – these are top 10 wins. I mean, if Tabor wins this weekend, that's a top 10 win. So I, I think this is just a big-time three-way. And I'm really looking forward – like I said, I think the the biggest key to me is how well does Shreveport hit Freed Hardeman's pitching. Now, I know Freed Hardeman, you know, it's their opening the season. No one's going to go very deep. I understand that. So, you know, it's going to be scaled a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I think Freed Hardeman has obviously one of the best rotations in the country. And, you know, how well do they do against these teams? Yeah, pitch count's going to play a factor in all of that because it is opening weekend for those teams. And uh, that's the great thing about this weekend is is you're getting a lot of games going. You're getting a lot of teams rolling uh, for the first time this year. And, it's it's just gonna it's just gonna have a factor and an edge to it that uh, you're going to have to monitor guys and not let them go super deep into games. So uh, we'll definitely see, but it'll give us a good first taste of what these teams have. I'm definitely looking forward to it and seeing how these teams are out in you know in this series in this three way scrimmage or not scrimmage but tournament type thing that they're doing. This kind of a round robin type uh, matchup. So LSU Shreveport, like I said, 22 and four last year. Tabor, 16 and seven. Freed Hardeman, 17 and five. And so it'll be really good to see three teams with winning records that have the ability to make big statements in their conference. I mean, LSU Shreveport, Cody, I think we would agree is, is you know, the team to beat in the Red River. I think Tabor has, has been really good for a long time uh, in the KCAC and has the opportunity to play for a KCAC title every year. And then Freed Hardeman moving into, you know, uh, a new position in just returning so many players and having so much talent on a roster with a lot of depth that's made multiple World Series trips. It's a very good conference now that Mid-South, when you look at it, man, it's, it's a super good conference now, especially, very, especially at the top, very top-heavy. That Mid-South is going to be interesting this year. I am going to put you on the spot here because we haven't really talked about this, but if you had, because they're playing a true round-robin format, everyone's playing everyone twice, if you had to pick, who do you think comes out on top of the best record? Oh man, okay. You're putting me on the spot to get like a weird text from a coach. Um, that's gonna be tough. I mean, uh, everybody playing everybody twice. I'm gonna have to go with Freed Hardeman, and and I just think that that FHU returns so much to Coach Estes Club. I think that Freed Hardeman is coming off of a lot of uh, just absolute back to back World Series seasons and having so much talent out there, and you know being so competitive in Lewiston and having that opportunity to do something really special i think in the first weekend they've got the pitching staff uh to to really do it as well in Shreveport in and i think Freed Hardeman's got got a really good opportunity i mean you know would you agree with that or are you going with somebody else well i would agree i i would agree with that and i i think well, the pitch count thing kind of makes it interesting for me 
because I think when you just look at these three teams, I think Freed Hardeman definitely has the best pitching staff coming into this weekend on paper. Yes. Like I said, I mean, everything can change, obviously, this season. Coming into this season, they have the more decorated resumes. But, man, Shreveport can really swing it. And they like, can. Yeah, they can swing it. Shreveport's issue is can they pitch well this season? If Shreveport can pitch very well this season, they could go to Lewiston. That's kind of like their thing. I'm the same way with Oklahoma City. It's like how well can you pitch when it matters? I'm interested to see how well Shreveport can pitch because Freed Hardman, I mean, I feel like they're going to score some runs. I feel like they're going to score. they got such a good lineup. You look at Josh Shears and those guys, I mean, I feel like they're going to put some runs up. So I will go Freed Hardman. And obviously, you know, we're going to get slept on season, your favorite with Tabor, because we're not really talking about them as much. <laughs> it, but it would be great, man, if they come out there and they steal some wins. I would really shock the rest of the country, and I'd be really impressed. Yeah, I mean, uh, just when you look at Freed Hardman's pitching staff from last season, uh, 254 team ERA. I love pitching. I love the pitching staffs. When you look at a guy like Alex Huey, who had, you know, a down year, you could say for him with a 324 ERA, but that staff overall was just so good. You know, I I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Yes, that's that's the whole thing. 28 Lewiston, 2019 Lewiston. I mean, these guys have just been there, done that. That is that is the whole thing, is they have been there, done that. And so I'm I'm really excited to see it because not only do you have Josh Sears and Will McCall and you know uh, just so many players that have experience, but just looking at their returning pitching staff in Jacob Sawyer's, Austin Steele, Landon Sewell, Alex Huey, Connor Creasy, they can only start a few of those guys, especially going into weekend you know a weekend series, and then you look at who they brought in, you know guys from the Division One level. Guys from uh, some some good junior colleges with experience at the NAI level as well. It's going to be really interesting to see, and I think just the fact that they're returning twenty three players, I think just for myself makes Freed Hardeman kind of the the favorite in that. But at the same time, I think that there's going to be a huge opportunity with LSU Shreveport and who they have. I mean, you you mentioned it earlier; they can swing the bat. Peyton Robertson is a guy that is a 376 career hitter at LSU Shreveport. Austin McNicholas is a 358 career hitter at LSUS. Taylor Fajardo is hitting 311 with 25 home runs and 45 extra base hits in his career, you know, with 86 RBIs. It's going to be it's going to be real interesting and, and then at the same time we don't know what they're bringing in. They're bringing in good players for LSU Shreveport as well to help out with that. So I'm, I'm interested to see what those JUCO players that they're bringing in are going to have to offer this season. I think this is going to be an excellent series. There's a reason why this is our one of our Silverback Sports Big Series to watch. But, Cody, it is not our big series of the week. It is the big one, the one that I think, until next weekend at least, is going to be the best series of the weekend, and that's Georgia Gwinnett. St. Thomas, Cumberland's Kentucky, and Bryant all playing each other this weekend in Lawrenceville. GGC went 23-2 and last season. Their only two losses, correct me if I'm wrong here, were Southeastern University. They had a 307 team average and a 296 team ERA. For St. Thomas University, they went 19-5-1. They hit 310 as a team and 356 on the bump as a staff. Cumberland's was 22-3. They hit 280 as a team and 308 on the mound. And then Bryan was 14-6 overall 
last season. They hit 269 and had a pitching staff ERA of 396. This is going to be a big one from Lawrenceville. Yeah, man, this is massive. This has got big boy vibes to me. Uh, I just I love the matchups. I know all four teams very well. Uh, you know, they're just kind of teams I've just seen before. And I think that they're really good, man. I'm really looking forward to this. The opening, you know, you get kicking it off with St. Thomas versus Brian, and that's a big time matchup. Ernesto Pino's, what I want to know is do they throw their ace that game? Do they throw him against Gwinnett after? Because Gwinnett and St. Thomas are only going to play each other once, and that'll be the Friday night game under the lights. We'll be providing live coverage from that game. Uh, nice plug there. Gwinnett is bringing back basically their whole team. I mean, they lose a couple of stars, but pretty much the whole team. St. Thomas is bringing back everybody. Cumberland's is bringing back everybody. Cumberland's last year, they were as good last year they've been since we started covering NEI baseball. They moved into the top 10 in the country, and they bring all those guys back. And like Colton Easterwood, absolute ace. Uh, I mean, just absolute ace. They got guys like Thomas Gutierrez, Nathan Geisler, Walter Hernandez. They have a really good pitching staff, and they're going to get to show that off this weekend, and they're going to need to be really good. Bryan College, I will say Bryan College can hit. You know, they're a team that can always hit the baseball. They, they play in the hitter's part. So it's uh, it's it's going to be fun, man. I think all these teams are really good. I'm really looking forward to seeing these matchups. And uh, like I said, it's just going to be a loaded weekend. I definitely think it's going to be it's going to be a great weekend. Um, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, Hab get out there on the mound for GGC. I, I think that's somebody that Jeremy Sheeninger is really high on, you know, talking to him as a guy that can that can bring it in the – uh, low to mid nineties with a, a good breaker and, and just being tough as a competitor, St. Thomas and, and George Perez and, and my, you know, uh, JC out there, Tokayo also, you know, always competitive St. Thomas, you know, brings in kids from that area. You know, it, it feels like they really don't have to recruit. They just have to just go around Miami and St. Thomas university is just always highly competitive, especially in the sun conference and around the nation. They're a team that's just on that cusp. I mean, they've been so close to winning a national title multiple times under George Pettis, and they've just fallen short both times, and you feel like it's going to happen. They're going to get there. Cumberland's, they're a team trying to get over the hump and get to Lewiston, and you feel like they're they're getting closer and closer every year. I mean, you look at last year, 22-3, and three, and then Bryan is a team that's just nationally just has the ability to be ultra-competitive. I mean, this is, this is big boy baseball. This is going to be incredible as it gets and it's such a good way to start this weekend off georgia gwinnett st thomas cumberland's brian uh and cody like you said you'll have live coverage for us on on friday and i'm i'm absolutely looking forward to that and and seeing everything that you're able to to bring for us uh friday i think this is going to be a huge series out in lawrenceville georgia uh everyone's looking forward to the super bowl sunday i'm looking forward to this uh look at cumberland's people like brian leaf I mean, the dude is just super talented. He hit 20 home runs a couple of years ago. Guys for St. Thomas, you know, Alejandro Rivero hit like 19 home runs, something like that a couple of years ago. Super talented player. Uh, Brian, Wade Weinberger. I've seen him for like 15 years now, it seems like. I've seen Wayne Weinberger <laughs> since like 1992. That guy's been playing baseball at Brian. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him. David Scoggins, he's been there forever too. They, they got some big boppers, man. Uh, Gwinnett's usually a place where you don't hit it out that much. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of home runs hit. I really do. I think it's going to be just a lot of good hitting teams. Uh, Cumber- this is a big weekend for Cumberland's, man. Uh, they play Gwinnett. They play St. Thomas. They play Bronze. They play everybody. Uh, Gwinnett, this is really good to defend their home turf. They get to play every game at home. Uh, and they're actually getting to play every game at home. You know, a lot of these times where they'll switch home and away, Gwinnett's actually going to stay the home team. So I- I'm looking forward to it, man. I, th- I think – 
It starts Friday night with the Gwinnett St. Thomas. I think that's the marquee game. Uh, it's three versus number four in the country. Whenever these two match up to me, it has big game feel. Maybe it's because they've met in an opening round championship and in a World Series. But, yeah, I, I just think it's going to be really high-level baseball. You know, I also have to say, you know, give a shout out to David because I feel like he's on the 10 year plan also that Wade's on. And uh, he's he's the uh, with me, the founding committee member of the NAI Red Dirt Country Coalition. I know, Cody, yourself, you're not a big country guy. Um, but, you know, one of these days and and David, you can take this down. One of these days we'll get you out to Texas and and we'll take you out to, to green or something like that and, and introduce you to a, a proper Texas country concert. But, uh, you know, th- the thing that I love the most about this is we get to know players from all over the nation. This it, this is one of the ones that I'm jealous I'm I'm not going to be in Lawrenceville, Georgia for you know because I think this is going to be excellent baseball all weekend long. So I'm I'm excited for you that you get to cover this for us and that you get to be there. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting updates and taking a look at some great baseball from around the nation. Cody, man. Before we get going, I have to call somebody out. I, I I know we don't we don't normally we don't normally do this, um, but I had seen on Twitter that our friends over at the eleven point seven podcast, uh, which is a, a Division One college baseball podcast, I had seen that they had asked in their podcast about who, if if they were backyard baseball characters, which school would they play for. And they had an interesting one, you know, and, and, and no doubt that there's some, some backyard baseball characters that would go, you know, uh, division one, things like that. But they had one in particular that kind of irked me a little because I've never seen a more clear cut Juco to NAI player in my life. And that's Pablo Sanchez. I mean, without a doubt. And I think you would agree with me, Pablo Sanchez is an NAI guy through and through. And they had him down as, would he go to UCLA or Miami? And I, I, without a doubt in my mind, Pablo Sanchez is the kind of guy that goes to a junior college like in, in Texas somewhere and then goes straight NAI after that. I mean, when you look at it, the kid doesn't, he doesn't, Pablo Sanchez doesn't speak English, Cody. How many, how many NCAA Division I baseball players do you know that speak no English? And we have so much more diversity at this level than that level. There's no doubt in my mind Pablo Sanchez goes NAI. Uh, you have to agree with me on this, right? Yeah, absolutely. And UCLA, I'm way out of left field. UCLA <laughs> of all places? Like, yeah, I can't see that. No, you can't. You can't. But I can see Pablo Sanchez, like, waking up, rolling out of bed with a peanut butter, you know, having a peanut butter sandwich in the locker room. That you you know and and absolutely going to freaking work week in week out because he's a freaking grinder and he went from a JUCO bandit to coming to the NAI level and just absolutely grinding for everything because that's the kind of kid he is and that's the kind of player he is and at the same time like everything about his personality just says NAI players and the diversity that we have at this level and the players that we have and so. Uh, you know, I I just had to call out eleven point seven. Shout out to those guys. You know, they're they're always interacting with us, and and um, I just wanted to say that one because that kind of like took me back. I thought for if if you take one backyard baseball player as who would be an NAI guy, the first guy if your first name off out of your mouth is not Pablo Sanchez, then you don't get the NAI. So, 
just had to call that out, man. But that's it for for me on that end. Cody, before we go, give me some final thoughts for the weekend. Man, is it selfish of me to hope that they score 85 runs on 98 hits on <laughs> Friday? That would be awesome. I'll be That's honest. Not. I'm all for that. But uh, Absolutely not. I just I love that there's baseball back, man. I'm just excited that there's baseball back. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. And it's just to see St. Thomas, to see Brian, see Cumberland's. Because just the transit of property from me, you know, because like these teams are going to go out and play other teams. And I can like get an eye on this team personally. Yeah, I'm just super looking forward to these games this weekend. I think that around the country, it's fun to see teams pop up all over the nation. Because like each weekend, as you said in the beginning of the show, that it's going to grow. So there's more teams playing this weekend than there were last weekend. And pretty soon we're going to have all our friends back playing, man. And I'm just pumped. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be great, man. I think it's going to be great. I'm, I'm super excited for this weekend to get underway. I'm super excited for y'all to listen to this podcast. If you're listening to the show, you made it to this point. You have to like, rate, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, download, do it all. Get all the freshmen on your team to do it. Get your parents to do it. Get your grandparents to do it. You know, get the the one fan that comes to every single game that never misses a game. Like LSU Shreveport used to have super fan. Get that one person who's just a diehard fan of your team that goes to every single game, no matter what, to subscribe and listen to the show. Support NAI baseball throughout the way. You don't have to just support NAI ball. We obviously we want you to support us. We want you to interact with us. But support NAI baseball no matter what. If you're an alumni, go out to your local game. Go support your your institution. Go support your school. You know, this podcast is not just for the the current player, coach, and fan. It's for the alumni. I mean, when, you, when you're an NAI guy, you're an NAI guy for life. There's just something about meeting someone that played college baseball and you both played NAI. It's a different bond. It's a different bond because you understand the grind and what you've been through. And maybe it wasn't the same exact thing that you each had to go through, but you get it. And that's the big difference. So support your brothers at this level and and continue to listen to the NAI Ball podcast and continue to interact with us of course you can find cody for all of your new stat scores information from around the nation 24 7 365 days a year at nai ball on instagram and twitter you can follow me robbie gutierrez the host of the nai ball podcast and the unofficial voice of nai baseball at rob g1063 uh anytime you want to talk nai baseball you go ahead and just shoot me a dm shoot me a tweet anything like that coaches you know my phone's always on unfortunately for work so anytime you want to talk NAI baseball, you are more than welcome to give me a call. Anytime you have new stat scores, information, things that you deem we would we could use as anything for this podcast, we will gladly take it. But that will do it for us for season four, episode two of the NAI Ball podcast. We will be back on next week with more NAI Ball action. This has been the NAI Ball podcast brought to you by Silverback Sports at Shop Silverback and shopsilverback.com. Until next time, we hope you have a great day and an even better tomorrow.